Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. All right, it's great to be here on Tent Talk Together. This is Nancy McCrady. These are readings from The Ultimate Intention by Deverne Fromke. Get a cup of coffee. Take a seat, my friends, at the Father's table and listen carefully. Whether you're driving in your car, you're relaxing at home, you're on vacation, wherever you may be, do not rush through these readings. Let them soak in. Let them take you to the Scripture. And my friends, take on the viewpoint of the Father. The days ahead of great glory and great trouble are going to require those who are seeing everything from his point of view. I love you all. I pray these episodes will be very encouraging to you. Hey everybody. I've arrived here in Europe, specifically here in Lwówek, Poland, and I've been out for my morning walk after a wonderful 12-hour sleep. <laughs> and traveling from Texas into Europe is always interesting for me because sometimes it's a little bit surreal. But always remember this, my friends, God can get you wherever he wants you to be with just the matter of uh, a few choices, uh, some deep preparation, and the willingness to go. God can get you down the street or around the world, wherever it is that he and you will move together. Trust me, he can get you there. And so lean into him today. We're going to continue with readings from Ultimate Intention. And I've been reading this one for myself this morning as I'm sitting here in the castle, officially known as Elam Christian Center here in Lwówek, Poland, getting ready to open up three days of uh, sharing uh, with the students of School of the Seventy. So I would appreciate, uh, whenever you're listening to this, Uh, whether it's fresh or two years later, (laughs) pray for those who receive the word of God for this hour, that it will literally bring them to him, not just to beliefs, principles, truths, but the same as I'm praying for the students that I will work with today is what I'm praying for you is that your vital connection is to Him. Our life and our loyalty and everything is to the person of God. God the Father, God the Son, God Holy Spirit. This is how Jesus lived His life in oneness and faithfulness to the Father, not to a certain set of beliefs, not to what everyone thought He should live, but if you will, unto the ultimate intention of the Father. And this is what I'm encouraging for you, as it is what I am freshly stepping into today for myself. So here we go. In my copy of the book, this is chapter 5. It would indeed be wonderful if we could live, as some have sought to do, in the delusion that there really was no fall and therefore is no sin, but we know better. Sin is a reality. We all bear the marks of the fall. 
Hence, we must consider how God makes provision to lift the sinner out of his man-centered universe into a God-centered position. We shall see how the work of the cross moves man from the old center to a new center. A friend of mine had recently printed a little motto which reads, Keep looking down. It, of course, causes no little comment from those who are accustomed to the phrase, Keep looking up. The shock most often achieves its intention. If the observer is a believer, it serves to remind him that it does make a difference where he is positioned. If down here, of course we must look up to him. But if we have truly entered into all that our position with Christ in God means, we have risen to a heavenly vantage point from which to view a whole new life. A simple story will illustrate this. Little Billy promised faithfully that he would not leave the yard. He was reminded there would be throngs of people on the street that day to watch the parade. But once the bands started playing and the floats began moving by, he suddenly realized what he was missing. Oh, to be free of the tall board fence that surrounded the safety of his yard. All Billy could see of the parade was through a small knot hole in the board fence. People were constantly getting in his way. Then he heard the voice of his big brother calling from the upstairs veranda. Billy, why don't you come up here? Billy couldn't quite reach the bottom rung of the outside ladder, so his brother came down, lifted him in one strong arm, and carried him to the top. Of course, here was the place to see everything. He looked down at the wide avenue from one end to the other. He thrilled with excitement. Oh, he cried, now I can even see what went before, and what's passing now, and way up the street, I can see what's coming. It's like living in a new world. For Billy, the past, present, and future had come to blend into one big now. So it is when we come by God's invitation to view the parade of time from the heavenly vantage point. God not only sees in one vast sweep the events of time, He sees all He had planned before the book of Genesis began and all that will be consummated after the revelation. As viewed from His eternal now, eternity becomes one complete whole with the span we call time as but a minute parenthesis. It would seem the psalmist must have been desirous of this heavenly position when he wrote, quote, The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. End quote. Understand? What? Did the psalmist sense our need to look out from God's viewpoint before we could understand all he intended? But it is really the Apostle Paul who considers this viewpoint imperative. In his prayer for the Colossians, in Colossians 1.9, as given in the J.B. Phillips translation, he makes this thought clear. Quote, We are asking God that you may see things, as it were, from His point of view, by being given spiritual insight and understanding. Close quote. Thus every man is either still centered in himself, looking up from his own viewpoint, or he is enjoying the viewpoint Paul prayed about. He is looking down from God's vantage point, looking out through his eyes. 
But mere wishful thinking will not move fallen man into this new position. It is not man's doing, but God's. It was God who entered into humanity completely enough to raise man to another plane of life, to deliver manhood into a new center where all things become new. On the blackboard, we have pictured the means by which God translates man from the family of Adam into the kingdom of his son. A illustrates all men in Adam as they live unto themselves relating all life's happenings to self. Instead of enthroning God, Adam enthroned himself by deliberately eating of the forbidden fruit. From that time on, everything has been out of order for Adam's entire family. By attempting to be ultimate himself, man seeks to use God and relate all his works for his own desires. God expresses man's predicament in this way. Destruction and misery are in their ways, not as a result of their ways, but inherently in their ways. Nothing will come outright for the person who either consciously or subconsciously makes the universe to revolve around himself. What a penalty to live with a self you can't live with. As long as you center in yourself, you won't like yourself. Another has put it this way, quote, it's so wonderful to get yourself off your own hands and into the hands of God. It's like living in a new world. End quote. Man was not created to be the center, and any attempt to build this false universe will only cause confusion. God has made life that way, and there is no use kicking against the goad as Paul did to his own hurt. B on the chalkboard illustrates how God through the work of Christ on the cross, has put an end to the old race of Adam. Paul explains it this way, We thus judge that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that they which live should no longer live unto themselves, but unto him who for them died and rose again. 2 Corinthians five fourteen and 15. Paul reveals that it was God's purpose to take all of Adam's race to the cross in order to deal with the I principle that stands in opposition to God. So when God looked down upon the cross, he saw us united in death with his son. All that is involved in the treachery of sin is dealt with there. Thus, from God's viewpoint, man was crucified with Christ, but yet more. He was buried with Christ Yet even more, he was raised with Christ to newness of life. But still more than that, he was positioned with Christ in God in a new heavenly position. Now all this which God reckons to have happened as he sees it from his point of view, we must likewise reckon to be our experience by faith appropriation. So Paul describes it in four words, crucified, buried, risen, and ascended. This is not something we do. No, we see it by revelation. See that it happened to us in Him, and we by faith live in that reckoning. C on the chalkboard illustrates how man has been raised with Christ, and it is now in a new position, in Him. We know of multitudes of believers who have been well taught about their position in Christ. 
They speak with conviction of the finished work by which they have forgiveness, deliverance, victory, and authority. And well they might rejoice in all that has been done for them. Yet here is just the trouble, the snare. They have never changed centers. All that has been made available to them in Christ, they continue to relate to themselves, the old center. They have missed the deepest severing power of the cross, which would deliver them to a life centered in God, where all things are related to Him. For almost 15 years, this writer preached the glories of our position in Christ and emphasized the truths of identification in the death and resurrection of Christ, as this made available a victorious walk, a truth which is now being taught by hundreds throughout the country. Yet, I was, without realizing it, always relating all this to man and his needs and welfare. It was all for man, what man received through his new position in Christ. Thus, the center had not really changed. Then one day, the truth exploded. I realized just how short this was of bringing man to a full and total emancipation from his man-centeredness, whereby he could live a whole new life with a new center of relatedness. It became evident as long as one is still appealing to man for what man can get, it still fits into the popular approach. But it is a vastly different thing to experience the radical working of the cross, which liberates one from self to a new center. As long as one is still more alive to what God does for man, to what the cross realizes for man, to what our position in Christ means for man, that individual has never grasped the Father's full intention for placing us in his Son, that we might come to the same vision, purpose, dedication, and philosophy of life as the Son shares in the Father. On the chalkboard, D illustrates what it means to live with an utterly new center of gravity. We are not merely centered in Christ, but with Him are centered in God the Father. As we shall see, in this God-centered position, it is no longer our victory, but we are living in His victory. It is no longer our purpose, but living in His purpose— It is no longer our dedication, but living in His dedication. All things have truly become new. Oh, my friends, once again, I believe I shall just leave you with these thoughts, these words written, that have forever catapulted me by the severing power of the cross into Him, for Him, with Him, abiding in Him, I pray the same severing power works in you, that we may all be delivered from self unto the Father. This hour of history is crying out for sons who are in Him, for Him, with Him. This is what we must seek. So I'm trusting Holy Spirit to make real in you all that is already been done and accomplished, but it is for Him. Remember this, all things that are new, full of grace and power, it's all that we might be now 100% compatible with the Father, 
that his desires, his dream, what his heart has always wanted, that that is what begins to happen. Let the glory of his house, built with lively stones known as his sons, let his house emerge. His house, my friends, for him. I am trusting him with you. I pray this encourages you today here on Tent Talk. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.